Communion is a time of remembrance. Pastor Ray Bentley explains what should be our focus. Jesus wants us to remember what He did and what He experienced and the cost of our salvation. Obviously, salvation is a gift, but it was not free. It cost Jesus greatly. It cost His life. This body which was broken for you, He said, remember me. Spread Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Never had someone of such esteem lowered himself so low, and he did it for you and me. Jesus not only gave his life for our sins, he paid the price we should have paid. He was despised and suffered great physical pain. Today, Pastor Ray helps us keep that great sacrifice on our minds as we walk with him. Matthew chapter 26, and beginning in verses 64 through 66, Jesus affirms that he is the Son of Man, the Messiah. Beginning in verse 64, Jesus said to him, it is as you said. Remember that he had been asked, I adjure you, are you the Messiah, the Son of God? And so Jesus responds to him and says, it is as you have said, nevertheless, I say to you, Hereafter, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look, now you have heard his blasphemy. What do you think? And they answered and they said, he is deserving of death. Wow, what in the world has just happened? Jesus is applying to himself. When he shares these words, you will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds, sitting at the right hand of the power. He's actually quoting a prophecy from the book of Daniel, from the prophet Daniel, Daniel chapter 7. It's a messianic passage, and it's literally a messianic passage about Jesus. Yes, the Son of Man, who is also the Son of God. All of his glory and deity that is now come manifest in the flesh. Jesus said, yes, that is me. Well, the high priest obviously clearly understood the divine implication of this title, the Son of Man, quoting from Daniel the prophet, so he responds, this is blasphemy. He is claiming to be equal to God. The only problem was that what Jesus declared was true. He is the Son of Man. He is the Son of God. He will come in the power and the glory and the kingdom and the clouds of God Almighty in the kingdom of heaven. Because as they all were crying out, everybody there around the high priest agreed with him, oh, he's blaspheming, and therefore he is deserving of death. It says in verse 67, and then they spat in his face, and they beat him. And others struck him with the palms of their hands, saying, 
prophesy to us, Messiah, who is the one who struck you now? But let's go now to the scripture of Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6. This is known as a messianic passage. Isaiah prophesying about Jesus. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out my beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. So I want you to think about this for a moment. What's happening right now to Jesus is, you know, he is being spit upon. This is the Messiah. This is the savior of the world being humiliated and taking the sins of the world upon me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Now, you know, spitting is one of the most disgusting things that a person can do. By the way, in the Middle Eastern culture, that is a way that even to this day, they will show absolute disdain for another person who does something wrong, who violates their traditions or their culture. That which is reserved for the most vulgar of people is now being cast upon him who knew no sin. It was God as in a human body that was living, the living Torah, the living word of God, and they spat upon him. And they will really go back and go deep and then they will spit upon a person. It's absolutely gross and disgusting but they are showing their utter hatred, their utter disdain, their utter disgust. So the irony, that which is reserved for the most vulgar of people is now being cast upon him who knew no sin. The pure, beautiful, loving, gracious Jesus. Jesus, whose Every word, every word that came from his mouth was the living word. He was the living word. He was the word made flesh. When Jesus opened his mouth, it was pure life, pure spirit, pure healing, pure miracles. The kingdom of heaven came from his mouth. It came from his countenance. It came from his hands. It came from his actions. From head to toe, he had never sinned. It was God as in a human body, the living Torah, the living word of God, and they spat upon him. Then they covered his face. They put a sack over his head, and then they began to beat him. They began to hit him, which by the way, you know, when you put a sack over someone's head, and you can imagine that you're Sitting there, you can already feel the disgusting slime of spitting that has come upon you, let alone the anger and the animosity. And now you're behind total darkness and there is somebody that rears back and all of a sudden with all their might, they take their fist and they punch you in the face. Now, the fact that he had a sack over his head that he was in darkness and could not see, not only from whom, it would come, but from what direction it would come or when it would come. You know, they, as you learn different sports and athletics, whether 
It's even in boxing. Two guys get in a ring and they're trying to knock each other's heads off and knock each other out. And you know, by the way, I did a little boxing when I was young and little and I had two brothers and, and my dad had been a boxer and so he wanted us to be able to know how to fight and so we'd get in there and be hitting each other. And so my dad taught us, he goes, look, when you're, you're there and you're ready to box and he says, and you see somebody coming and he goes, don't just stand there because if you just stand there, you're gonna get the full force of that punch. He said, but when you see it coming, you give way to it, you go with it. And by seeing it, anticipating it, and kind of going away from it, you can take a lot of the power of that punch away. But when you cannot see that it's coming, and you don't know from what direction or when it's going to come, you're just a sitting duck, and all of a sudden the full force of that punch comes to you. Well, it's not only in a sport like boxing, but even in the sport of football, another sport that I love. And, you know, playing quarterback, which when I was young and playing Pop Warner and in high school, I played quarterback and I happened to be right-handed, which a lot of quarterbacks are right-handed as you get ready to throw it out. But when you go from being, you know, one thing to be in Pop Warner, be in high school, it's another thing when you go to the level of professional athletes, <laughs> And there's a defensive lineman that maybe weighs 285 pounds, and he's on your, what they call, blind side. And so you're a quarterback, and you're trying to read, and you're getting ready to throw to a receiver. But a quarterback who is right-handed has a blind side. And there was a quarterback, professional quarterback, named Joe Theismann who was right-handed and he was getting ready to pass and there was a defensive lineman that came from his blind side, but because Joe Theismann could not see him, he came and crushed him and fractured his leg. And all of a sudden it caused the sport to change and all of a sudden they started talking about, you better have somebody that's gonna be blocking on the left side of the line uh, because that's your, the quarterback's blind spot if he's a right-handed quarterback because it, it devastated, I mean, it just literally destroyed Joe Theismann's leg, his career was ended, it was brutal. Well, think about Jesus, who's got this sack over his head, and they're taking, apparently, turns, coming up with the full brunt of their fist, and he doesn't see it, he doesn't know when it's going to come, and they just start pounding and pounding and pounding away. There's no ability for Jesus to respond or have any cushion from this. And all of a sudden, there are now cuts, abrasions, bruising, and before long, there is swelling that is going on all over Jesus' head. And Jesus said, when you partake in communion, when you have this meal, here, this bread is my body, which was broken for you. He said, remember me. <laughs> Jesus wants us to remember what he did and what he experienced and the cost of our salvation. Obviously, salvation is a gift, but it was not free. It cost Jesus greatly. It cost his life. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. 
since Pastor Ray went to heaven, we've received encouraging comments from listeners around the country and also near to home. We have been listening to Pastor Ray for 25 years. He was always excited to preach about Jesus and couldn't wait to see him face to face. Now he is happy with the Lord with no more pain or sadness. Thank you for leading our family with your easy to understand sermons every week. May the Lord give comfort and strength to the Bentley family. Although he's gone home, his teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website at www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. I just want to say to you as we remember Jesus and what he suffered and how he was spat upon, how he was beaten, how could he possibly endure all of that? What possibly could move him and motivate him to endure such shame, such humiliation, such violence? Lo, here it is written in the volume of the book, I have come to do thy will, O God. He endured this because of how deeply, passionately, intensely he loves you and that he loves me. And then they were saying, prophesy. Oh, you're the Messiah, the great prophet. Prophesy. Who was it that just hit you? Well, if you know anything about Jesus, he had all of the gifts of the Spirit. He knew things. Nathaniel, he saw Nathaniel beforehand even meeting him. I saw you sitting under a fig tree. You're a man with no guile. Whoa, Nathaniel said, you must be the Messiah. And Jesus said, just because I knew that, you'll see greater things than these. But what I'm saying is, Jesus probably did know. Prophesied to us, he knew them. He knew each one of them. There's another scripture from Isaiah that paints a picture for us in Isaiah 52, verse 14. And it says this, just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured. So this is after they have had their time beating him and buffeting him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man and his form marred beyond human likeness. I want you to think that Jesus, especially his head, was so marred when they got done doing to him what they would. And remember, they think he's a blasphemer. They think he is a liar. They think that he has, you know, claimed something that is not true. And, and they're just spewing their hatred toward him. And finally, they took the bag or the sack off of his head. And what Isaiah saw, now Peter witnessed that you could not recognize Jesus as a man. They had also pulled his beard and plucked his beard from his face. And his face swollen, contusions, bruises. And literally, you could not recognize where are the features of a human face. You could not recognize him as a man or even as a human being. And Isaiah goes on to prophesy, and he's speaking prophetically of those who were there and witnessing this, which was done to Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, we hid 
as it were, our faces from him. That is, looking at Jesus after they had done this was so shocking of an experience. Just on a human level, you couldn't stand to look at it. You just wanted to turn your eyes away from it. Sadly, you know, there are police and fire and others who have gone to maybe an accident and suddenly you come upon the scene and as you draw near, you see a mangled body or human being that metal and weight have destroyed and you just wince and you turn your eyes away because you cannot bear it. And by the way, this is before we actually get to the cross and the nails and the crown of thorns. But this is what Jesus has done for you and I. Well, let's close. Let's go to the next and final life lesson. This ends Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to follow Peter now. And we discover that Peter finds himself following Jesus, but he's not with Jesus. Peter, who has denied the Lord, is following afar. And we also find that he is warming himself by the enemy's fire. So beginning in Matthew 26, verse 69, we read, now Peter sat outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him saying, hey, you also were with Yeshua, Jesus of Galilee. But Peter denied it before them all saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to the gateway, so he moved from where he was, another young girl saw him and said to those who were there, this fellow also was with Yeshua of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied and then he swore with an oath, I do not know the man. Notice here, there's an exclamation point. He's yelling, he's shouting this. I don't know the man. He's terrified because of what has just happened to Jesus. He's following, but from afar. And a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. You have an accent. That's the people that live up near Galilee. And then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately, a rooster crowed, and Peter remembered the word Jesus had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so Peter went out, and he was pierced, and he wept bitterly. We read in the Gospel of Mark, and this is where I want to bring it home to us, Chapter 14, verse 54, it says, but Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest, and he sat with the servants and warmed himself at the fire. Can I take just a moment and say that there may be someone who is listening to this, and maybe it's only been recently since this, this pandemic uh, that has gripped the world and you have been drawn to look up and to wonder, is God somewhere in the midst of this? Is this is a sign? You have spiritual roots. Maybe like Peter, you were raised to hear the truth, but you have found yourself following from afar. You're not really walking with the Lord. You're not really seeking the Lord, but 
you've just recently found yourself following from afar. And then you, when you follow afar, you find yourself warming yourself by the enemy's fire. So you're with, you're kind of outside the community of family of God and the believers, and the next thing you know, you're warming yourself, but you're with the very enemies responsible for Jesus' face and how he is being treated. And I just want to say to you, my heart goes out to Peter. Peter, man, could he more have royally blown it than this? Lord, though all of those, the other disciples, I will not forsake you. I'll be there for you. I will even die for you. And Jesus said, Peter, no, you won't. In fact, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows twice. And boom, that's exactly what happens. My heart goes out to Peter because I see Jesus and his heart went out to Peter. He loved Peter and Peter's boast It was a boast in his flesh. Oh, I would never be like that. I would never do that. I would never deny you, Lord. But I have to admit myself, I have been in the same place as Peter. I have done things I said I would never do. I have denied Christ. I've shamed him. And I say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Lord, forgive me. I have failed my flesh has failed. And isn't it true that we're all guilty? We've all had greater confidence in our spirituality or in our abilities or in our strength. And I'm so glad for Peter. It's almost like the contrast between Judas, who we talked of recently, who, who betrayed Jesus but never repented from it. Peter, who denies Jesus but who is forgiven. Who Jesus says, I know what's going to happen. And I know the devil is trying to take you out, but I prayed for you, Peter. And you will be restored and you will be healed and you will go and strengthen my sheep and you will feed my sheep. No matter what you have done or how you have failed or how many mistakes you have made, because this is what the enemy wants to do is, you know, I, I abandoned my faith, I've disgraced the Lord, I've gone through this horrible divorce, I have said one thing and done another, and it's too late for me, and I can never come back. That is a lie from the enemy. You can be forgiven, you can be healed, and Peter is the great encouragement. You can be restored, not only restored, not only forgiven, used by God. <laughs> Peter became a leader within the first century church. He became a model and an example of human failure, but then honest repentance, and then restoration, and then being mightily used of God. Pastor Ray Bentley with good insights on Peter from our studies in the Gospel of Matthew today. Glad you've joined us here on Maranatha Radio. Today's study is titled, When Jesus Was Alone. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. 
That's raybentley.com. We hope you'll stop by our site today. When you're there, you can leave a few words in tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And under media, you'll notice three words, watch, radio, and Devo. Three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights. Plus, click about and find out more about Pastor Ray and find out how you can come into a deeper relationship with the Lord. And at the bottom of the page, you can sign up to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions via email, free of charge. Plus, you'll find other spiritual growth books and resources from Pastor Ray, including his new book called The Final Witness, an eye-opening prophetic fiction novel. So many are enjoying the full five-book series called The Elijah Chronicles. You can, too. And raybentley.com is always where you'll find the best deals on Pastor Ray's resources. You can also make a donation right there on the site. Your investments help bring the whole gospel to the whole world. Our mailing address is Maranatha Radio, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Matthew. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.